Greetings, everyone. This is Morning Eggnog. My name is James Font. With me, as always, Caleb. Good morning, everybody. Except that, again, it's not morning. I don't think we've recorded in a morning in a while. Yeah, we haven't. So today, our very special guest is Mark Link. Special Ed. <laughs> well. Hi, everybody. So, uh, Mark, I got a hold of Mark from my brother who works at, we, we actually, did you watch the interview with Jonathan? No, I didn't. It's really funny. You should, you should watch, you okay. should listen to that on the way home. Okay. Uh, my brother works at Happy Days in Lima and he said, Hey James, I have this perfect guest for you. He's a, he's a, he's a cop here in Lima. He said, give me his number. And so he did. And here we are. You graciously agreed to come and be roasted, not roasted, but yeah, that too. Yeah. That I'm, too. I'm good with that. Not roasted. What's the word I want? When you're trying to get, when you get information out of somebody, um, you know tortured, what I'm uh, that too, <laughs> grilled, 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 tortured, uh, roasted. Yeah, you're here to get grilled about your cop life. Okay, that'll work. So I guess we'll start at the very at the very beginning. Yeah. When did you become a cop, and uh, and why? May 18th of '92. Okay. Um. Why I can't really tell you. I don't know. Um. I went. What, what did you do before a cop? What was your, how about this? We'll go way back. What was your first job? My first job was a pizza delivery at Domino's. I think everybody, didn't you, you never worked pizza, I did delivered you? papers, not pizzas. See, I worked at a pizza place. I well, I'm sorry, then I have to go back before that because I delivered newspapers at 10 years old. There you go. So, I've been working all my life. Same, kind of. Since I was 12, I worked for farmers. I've had a job since I was nine. Uh, yeah, you swept the you swept I, the parking yeah, lot. Uh, there's a carry out not too far away from here. And once a week, I'd go down there and sweep the parking lot with a big old broom. And I would get $5, a drink, and a candy bar. Ooh. And that was, that that was, was a pretty, bonus. That's pretty that's good a, for yeah. a nine-year-old kid. You can do a lot with five bucks back then. Yeah, I, yes, you could. I was pretty happy with it. <laughs> Caleb's so old. <laughs> <laughs> that was when a king-size candy it bar is. was still like a dollar 75 bucks. Yeah, I was saying 75 cents. Being 23, I'm not that old at all, but it is weird seeing how inflation has changed in the last 10 years. Ridiculous. It's yeah. been silly. Yeah. Anyway, so you, you were pizza delivery. I was pizza delivery. Um, I worked um, at Powell Company. I installed above-ground swimming pools, and I also maintained uh, in-ground swimming pools. Okay. So you, so you just would go clean them, or what do you yeah. mean maintain? Yeah, clean. Um, Ooh, you're the pool work boy. Work on them, the pool boy. Yes, <laughs> at 14 years old. Oh. I picked up off the street. <laughs> Guy come by, the jo my old boss come by and said, hey, you want to have a job for the summer? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I need money. So, I'm 14. Um, okay. So I went to my mom and dad, told them. It was a block away from my house. Um, they were familiar with some of the people there, and then I went to work for him almost every day during the summer. and. Installed pools, um, above so ground pools. I guess, oh, above ground pools. Above ground pools, say, yeah. I was going to say, what goes into an underground pool, but I guess what goes into an above ground pool? Um, or at least back then. Prepping the ground, okay. uh, making sure the ground's level, installing the blocks for each one of the upright posts, uh, putting the posts up, putting the walls up, installing the pump, the, pump, the filter, putting the um, liner so. in, making sure it's right. And make sure it doesn't fall in. That's the big key on the whole thing. When yeah, when you uh, when your pool when your pool when your pool is uh, I don't know above ground pools. I did. I guess I never. I've never been in a rich enough area where, or I don't know what kind of area that would be to set up an above ground pool. But actually, they aren't too bad. Back, I, I also at times like during the winter we would sell them. Mm. So I would be working inside doing pool water tests. 
testing spa waters and stuff like that. So back then it was probably fifteen hundred dollars for a twenty four foot round pool. I guess it's just weird because my like <clears throat> I guess I didn't know there was a company to set up pools because my father in law always set up their pool. Yeah. Their above ground pool. Most so, places don't do it anymore. Yeah. I the bigger so. chains do, but you get the smaller stores, they don't they don't install them anymore. There's there aren't too many mom and pop places anymore that actually sell above ground pools. It's true. Yeah, it's mostly going underground or the pools you can get at like Walmart and places yeah. like that that you can do. The the blow up <laughs> or the water filled ones and yeah. Yeah. So did you go to school um to become uh, police officer? Yeah. I actually went into the military first. Okay. Um, I wasn't I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I went and talked to a officer who's since moved on. He's a postman postman now, but I went and talked to him one day and asked him what he had to do to become a cop. He says, Well the first thing is he goes, I went in the military. He goes, and then when I got out I took the civil service tests and became a Lima cop. So that's what I did. Um I graduated. Um we had our first child. I uh, went in the basic training, was gone for six months, come back, was in the National Guard. I had a 10-year commitment. I was in for eight years, and then I was on what they call IRR for two years. I didn't, um, know, they, I didn't know they did 10-year commitments. Yeah, back then they did. Oh, okay. We're talking 87 when I signed so up. a few years ago. Yeah, a couple <laughs> years ago. Um, IRR is inactive ready reserve. Okay. Uh, technically, you are done with your commitment at eight years. But you're still on call for two years. Yep. Um, as soon as I got back, I actually should have been hired a year before to the police department a year before I got on, but um, I ended up going to the Gulf War. Gotcha. Well, not really the Gulf War. I was activated. My guard unit from out of Toledo was activated. Um, we went to Germany. I was in Germany for almost a year. Oh wow. Um, and then when I came back. Federal law says they have to hold my position for the test. So I went from one of the top five up to number two. Mm. There was one other guy that was ahead of me. Um, and then I got hired on. Um, mm. I was activated for the first Gulf War. Um, Germany was great. It was really nice. Being away from my family stunk. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Uh, as a matter of fact, the day that we landed in Frankfurt, Germany, um, it was Christmas night. Oh, my goodness. Mm. The day we left was Christmas Eve, but it was a 12-hour flight, mm -hmm. the time change and everything. Christmas night, I was in Germany, mm. and my wife and kids are at home. How many kids did you have at the time? We had two. Okay. Um, our oldest, Aaron, and then our second is Joe. Six, yeah, Joe was six oh weeks old. Oh, my goodness. That's... That was one of the reasons I never, I never went in the military. Is I didn't have, I don't have a family. Um, I let me phrase that. My, I'm, I don't have any kids yet, but I just, I was never. I got asked by a couple of recruiters like, "Oh, what are you doing? Not, not in the military, yeah. basically." And I was like, "Oh, you know, I, I don't know, making more money is what you're doing." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But well, was, you guys, for you guys and your age, I was just saying, your guys' age. Mm -hmm. It's not like it was back when I was your age, you know, when I was your guys' age, they didn't actively pursue schools like they do now. Mm -hmm. They don't go into schools. They don't, you know, target kids at graduation, you know, saying, what are you doing? Passing out flyers. They didn't do that. Um, but once you talk to them, 
they're all over you. So, but my recruiter, I kind of, I kind of went in and told him, said, listen, I'm not sure what I want to do yet. I'm going to work it out. I'll let you know. And I said, I don't want you to lie to me, which recruiters don't lie. <laughs> um, They've never lied ever. But for the most part, he told me everything I needed to know about basic training, except for a few things. Now, I went to Alabama. And, oh, yeah, it's nice down there. Well, it, it was it's okay. It's Alabama. It's Alabama. <laughs> uh, it was kind of like here. Cold in the morning, hot in the afternoon, cold at night, or vice versa. Or, you know, it was a mix of everything. Yeah. So, but, I mean, for the most part... Basic training wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, other than being away. And that also was right at Christmas time. <laughs> so they keep sending out at Christmas yeah, time. Yeah. I was days. able to come home for two weeks, I think it was, for Christmas and then go right back. So okay. but it was it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just be hard being away. So what were you in the military? Military you, police. Okay, so you were you've been police the whole time. Yes. But there's complete difference between the two oh, I civilian imagine. and military military police you go arrest somebody you go take somebody and you look in a book to find out what you're arresting them for if not it's like a disorderly conduct we have today and you turn them over to their co and they deal with it there okay police work you got to know the laws before you actually go out and arrest somebody yeah mm. You know, or give them a ticket for whatever, or at least have the majority of the general of what the laws are. I don't know every single law, and I'll never claim to know every single law. There's too damn many. And, you know, and they overturn with laws. They change them all the time. Legislation yes. changes constantly. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of them. I know what they are. There's, there's, everybody thinks there's black and white areas. If you steal a bike. Yeah. It's what's a that? petty theft. It's a petty theft. Depending <laughs> on the dollar amount. Depending oh. on the dollar amount. Okay, so what's what what change what dollar amount changes it from petty? Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. It it was five hundred, but there was so much overturn. So what with if you felony. steal a two thousand dollar bike? It's one to five thousand is a felony of the fifth degree. Oh my. Five to ten is a F four felony of fourth degree. And then I can't tell you what the dollar amounts because so they get astronomical up there, the higher. Okay, so I don't think I realize you can get a felony for stealing a car. Yes. Uh, oh, now there's something different on cars. Automobiles are completely different. Interesting. No matter the dollar amount, it's an automatic felony. Okay. Okay. I guess but it's kind of like stealing you're, you're a stealing horse. Somebody's yeah. tramper, you're, it's transportation. If you steal that, somebody's yeah. out of a, you know, could lose their job. There's a lot of things that can go on with that. So. And, and, and it does have a dollar amount. Um, what those are, I, I can't. I just, you know. We get one, recover one, we get somebody in it. We charge them initially with receiving stolen property unless they're listed as a suspect who stole it. Then we charge them with grand theft auto. And then the detectives deal with it and figure out what level is from there. Hmm. Um, but there is a dollar amount, you know, like you're going to go find some hoopty pinto and, you know, <laughs> you know it's not going to be a felony of the first degree, which is the highest felony. Mm. You're going to have probably an F5. It's probably going to be worth, it all depends on the shape it's in and how it runs, whatever. It might be worth $500. Um, but it's, that has different dollar amounts also. Sorry, I talk with my hands quite a bit, that's, too. No, that's <laughs> fine. That's, that's, that's why we're not holding the microphones. That's why we got these nice problems. Yeah, we, we talk with our hands quite a bit. Yeah. We, we always have something to drink. But, uh, no, it... See, that's one of the funny things is there there are so many laws and just exactly what you said. There's so many laws and they're constantly changing. As a cop, I mean, are there more? I would assume there's more laws now than when you started. 
Or do, do laws increase? They, there's really no more laws. Okay. There's just different subsections of the law. Okay. Basically, the laws have stayed the same. Okay. But they keep on adding on subsections, mm. you know, like an A, B, C, D. And then you got an A, one, two, three, four, five, a B, one, oh, two, three. Fun. Yeah. Uh. And it, it, sometimes some of the, some of them are pretty tricky. You know, you know what the basic is. You know, I know what an armed robbery is. I know what a robbery is. I know what a burglary is. But then just to get, you know, it all depends on if it's vacant. If somebody lives there, if somebody's there at the time of the offense, if there's any kind of weapon used, mm. that's where your subsections break down and come into play. Okay. And then it also could increase the level of the felony on those counts and even kind of misdemeanors too, but not so much misdemeanors. Hmm. I don't know. That's fascinating. <laughs> the, uh, how much paperwork does an arrest activate depends okay okay so it depends on the crime again. yes yes um yeah. <laughs> what we used to do is everything used to be handwritten yeah obviously oh, computer great. computer comes into play now um there's just as much paperwork but it's simplified with a computer because you can cut copy paste duplicate you know what i mean yeah uh, you got drop down boxes where you can push a search button and it can transfer from one form over to another form stuff like that um, an average, we'll say a petty theft, a shoplifter, it's probably going to take me an hour and a half. Okay. Oh my, wait, oh my goodness. Yeah. Because you got, and it oh all depends on what kind of shoplifting you got, whether the store keeps the property uh, or you no. take the property. Mm. Um, a lot of our bigger stores, chain stores, I won't mention any names, but a lot of the bigger chain stores, um, keep the property in their own system. Okay. Um, and then we just don't annotate on our report. That's a big word. Yeah. That was pretty good. A train brought it on. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, we annotate it on our reports. Okay. That if Whether it's held in our property system. Annotate. or That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like that. Wow. Almost <laughs> makes me sound smart. <laughs> or... Or whether if we entered in our property system, it's it's a few more pieces of paperwork and stickers and stuff like that. How long do you guys keep stuff in evidence? That depends it on depends. the length of the case. <laughs> a whole lot of depends. You know what I mean? It, it's just like a, a diaper store for adults. Felonies could be years. What? It yeah. depends. Oh. It depends. <laughs> Uh, hey, I want something that works. I want reliables. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> reliables. <laughs> it, it, on the, uh, it, 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 if it's a felony or misdemeanor, it, it all depends on that um, and what level. Um, misdemeanors usually uh, will go within six months. There's a whole lot of criteria on that too. Whether the person you arrested, there's an ABC, the one, two, three. yeah, exactly. Whether whether the guy shows or girl, whoever shows up for court or not, fails to appear, has a warrant for their arrest. If they're on the run, you can't find them, or they go right in. You could have the property up to a year to two years. Oh, wow. there's a certain criteria for misdemeanors that you have to keep the property so long after the offense. Mm. Um, with felonies, you could have it up to 10, 15 years. Oh, wow. That'd be unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. That's why a lot of property rooms are so big. 
you know, you got you're your, going to be keeping stuff for long. You just don't yeah. know how long it's going to yeah. be that sitting there. Yeah. Okay, going back. So you you said 82, 82 is when you got in the force? 92. 92. No, oh, I'm thinking May I'm thinking military, I think, yeah. is where I'm going back. Uh, military, I got in in 88. 88. Why did I hear 82? Anyways, so 88, you where are you, where are you stationed? Well, as... my base unit is National Guard, oh, yeah. Ohio Army National Guard, and I was at uh, the 323rd MP unit in so, Toledo. So what would you do as a, as a military police officer? <laughs> um, military police on a day-to-day basis what do they do especially for national guard well they call us weekend warriors all right so you go one weekend a month two weeks during the summer um not a whole lot um clean guns uh check equipment clean your uh humvees do some dazzling exciting you know blood pump and work yeah do all that we would do some training with our different uh, what they call MOS is our job specialties. Okay. Military occupational specialty, which is the poli- military police. Um, yeah. And we would do a lot of we would do a lot of that. Our two weeks, we would go out. Um, we would go different places. Uh, Camp Perry. Um, we actually one year we went to Honduras. Uh, one year we went to Germany, and we did uh, training exercises with the regular military. Mm. So I've been to Germany twice and Honduras once. That's Honduras was scary. Um, where, I, do you know where Honduras is? No. Central Where's America. Honduras? Okay. So the first time I went to Honduras, or the only time I went to Honduras, we were there on the first anniversary of the Sandinistas invading the Hondurans. And we mm-hmm. were on edge. Everybody was on edge. Now, we had one psycho guy for the Hondurans. Um, and I have to tell you that they got their rank by kills. Oh, cool. And not animal <laughs> kills. We're talking human kills. That's how they got their, their rank. Wow. And this dude's name was Dennis, and he was psycho. Um, and I just happened to be on an outpost with him on the night, actually, of the anniversary of the invasion. And uh, he started shooting at a mountain lion. Talk about you talk about a whole bunch of people freaking out. Um, end up they did up they did a big scramble. Sirens going off. He started shooting. Yes, he started shooting at a mountain lion. Now I don't know how he could see a black mountain lion up in the mountains when it was pitch Cause dark. Because he's, he's from there. Yeah, pitch dark. It was darker than your shirt was, mm-hmm. and he could see it. But he was shooting at a mountain lion, and um, I think i had some bodily functions go around. i would assume that i would i if if my insane partner that i'm on you know watch with started shooting a mountain lion uh i don't feel like my underwear would fare well <laughs> no mine uh, mine didn't but oh my goodness it was interesting That's... they did a scramble everybody was woke up everybody got we where we were at in honduras i can't remember it's not a city it, i mean this was a little it was way out. I mean, we're talking sporadic houses. It wasn't a town, uh, nothing like that. But they were building, we were there protecting the engineers who were building a highway. Gotcha. And they had these two big, huge bladders um, about four times the size of this house, this, where we're oh, at here, wow. that water bladders that sat up on a hill, two of them. And we were guarding those plus the engineers. So it was... Pretty interesting. So everybody scrambled. Everybody's out. Machine guns, oh handguns, rifles, everything. <laughs> did he, and did he get 
Oh, discipline? No. 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 Okay. No, because <laughs> I don't think their upper echelon wanted to deal with him either. So, okay, don't do that again and, and move All on. All right. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. So it was it was interesting, very interesting. <laughs> they had uh, while I, we were there, we had they had one guy uh, steal food from our chow hall. Um, they cut his fingers off, oh, oh. and they um, <laughs> strapped him down to a bed for a week. Uh, then they had another wait, guy. Wait, was it an American? No, it was okay. a Honduran. It was a Honduran. Okay, um, that was their punishment. Um, and for then they stealing. Had, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, did he know that? Oh yeah. He went right into our chow hall and just started taking a whole bunch of food, took it back to his barracks and third world country. I mean, yeah, I guess. Oh, my goodness. He was just going to take his chances. Then we had another guy that one of, the, one of their police, uh, their military police, let outside the gate, which he wasn't supposed to after a certain hour, went down the road and visited a prostitute. Um, when he come back, they uh, tied him up in the center of the, com- the compound that we were on, right in the middle against the post. The only thing he got was water for a week. So that was real That's good punishment. eye-opener. It's good punishment. I mean, that would... Yeah, talking about barbaric. different worlds. Yeah. It's completely barbaric, but yeah. it's a good punishment. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <It'll> t- <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my. All right, so going, going a little bit back further. Um, so you said you did basic training yes. for military. I don't... Have you heard much about basic training now? No. Would you? Okay, I didn't know. How hard was basic training back then? Because uh, we've interviewed, we interviewed a guy from Vietnam, uh, who was he was actually military police too. Um, I interviewed him. He said basic training they could beat the snot out of the one. That's back then. And then I interviewed uh, Aaron Ayers. When was he in? Huh? When was he in the military? Uh, I think he was in two thousand six or seven. So, almost. I can't do math. Forty years ahead of that time. So, how was basic training for you back then? We are getting so far off topic of what we. But <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't bad. Okay. Um, they yell, scream, get in your face. They weren't allowed to touch us. Okay, um, so that must change. They. We call them the round browns. It's like the state higher patrol hats. They yep. would stick them right in the middle, right in the bridge of your nose. You know, who are you looking at? Nothing. Are you calling me nothing? You know, that psychological battle. They break you down. That's yeah, they yeah. do. Um, they had to ask us if they could cuss at us. And stupid. All the, Yeah, sure, we don't care. You know, and then it was just like a snowball. You know, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So, I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Can we swear at you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I should have said no. Yeah. Yeah. No, then, sir, no. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's different than what it used to be. Yeah. My dad was in the military also. I, and I get it. I understand that. But to ask if you had, you know, I, I get it. Snowflakes, all that, you know. Um, cupcakes, whatever you want to call them. Sorry. Yeah. If this offends anybody, I'm sorry. I'm looking at all three cameras. <laughs> we're we're really offended. <laughs> no, if you're going to the military, I think you should you should kind of know what you're getting into. They they don't know you f- from anybody, so they they're gonna control you and break right. you down and then build you back up into something better. Well, it, hopefully not anymore. No. From what I hear, not anymore. Not anymore. It's, Wow. Uh, they have a hard time yelling at people. They can't hardly yell at them anymore. I mean, imagine going into 
say, for instance, you were deployed to Iraq, okay? You're yeah. in the middle of a firefight, and you're hunkered down, and you're sucking your thumb curled up on a ball, okay? Because somebody didn't jump dead in your butt for doing something stupid or just trying to get your mindset right, okay? Um, I didn't have no problem with somebody jumping in my butt if I did something stupid, did something wrong. Yeah. You know, it's a matter of life and death. You don't have fake bullets. You don't have uh, paintballs. It's, it's real world violence. It's real world stuff. You know what I mean? You got people shooting at you. You know, you go into a house, you might have somebody come up behind you and stab you. That's the third world. That's the way they do things. They don't care. No. And they're not going to get in trouble for it. So you got to be able to defend yourself. And how are you going to defend yourself if you don't have a strong mindset? Yep. So that's that's a mark's two cents on the military nowadays that's, that's, that's my that's my subject or that's what is it that, that's, that's all talk. i got to say about go. that's all i got to say about that <laughs> run right. forest run so, <laughs> so, so going so going off of that sorry what? i was gonna say all right so so we talked about military let's start going into the police yeah, that's side where i was gonna it, go with it so, i love the idea so I, after after talking about basic training for the military what is the requirements to get into the police force, at least when you got in? For Lima. For Lima. Um, it's not a bad process. Um, you take, you sign up, you take a civil service test. It costs you a dollar. Okay. Um, what is a civil service test? It's a standardized test. Um, civil service is state and I think nationwide civil service. Um, it's where the cities control the hiring process. Um, it's not only for police, it's for fire, it's for street department, parks department, um, any civil job, civil service job, you have to take this test. I know almost everywhere across the nation do it. Okay. Cities. Now, we're not talking state high patrol, we're not talking sheriff's departments. I don't know how their hiring process is. I can't tell you. I don't. I don't know. I've never worked for one of those. But I guess. I guess I didn't know the different. I I knew they were different, but I didn't know the difference. What is the difference between state state highway sheriff and a state highway patrol? Patrols the state highways, um, the interstates, state routes, and they can only go three miles off of those state routes or interstate. Okay. Okay. Um, which in Lima, and then who would they report to? They report to Columbus. Okay, so now they have different breakdowns I don't of areas. Think I knew that. You guys are Williams County, right? Yeah. Now I don't know if if Paulding County handles this area. I know Paulding County goes into Defiance, um, but they have different subdivisions. Finley has one. Lima has one. Toledo, and then there's breakdowns. I don't know what they're their um, areas are. I know just those few because I've dealt with and worked with mm -hmm. those guys. Yeah. But all of them, different subdivisions report to Columbus, to the main okay. highway patrol. Um, and majority of their jobs are traffic enforcement, traffic crashes. Okay. Um, they don't deal with the criminal aspect as much as we do. They do have it. You know, I mean, you're going to get some guns. You're going to get some drugs. Uh, maybe but at that point, would they like call that. somebody else in? No. Okay, they still so they, handle that. Okay. They have a little bit of training on that. And the majority of their training on that 
they get from the different cities. Um, I can tell you that Paulding County uh, Branch, they send their guys to Lima to train them. Okay. And their training officers come to Lima because there's so much more to get into. That's where you can get into the drugs and the, and the prostitution and the car thefts and, and a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? The pursuits okay. and everything. They bring them to Lima to train them. So they have an idea. And I've even had guys um, come to me and say, hey, Mark, you get into something, give me a call. I'll come out and help you because I want to learn. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So then, so you're a, you would be, a, I can't talk. You're a Lima cop. So then what's the difference between Lima and the sheriff? Lima, we can only do inside the actual city limits. Okay. Um, the sheriff's department can go anywhere in Allen County. Okay. Or, and a different sheriff. Williams County Sheriff's Department can do anywhere within the county, Paulding, you know, whatever, county, so sheriff's you, office. So the Lima, the Lima Police Department is a subsection. Is, does, it's different than a sheriff. Yeah. 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 Lima Police is its own entity. Now, and then you got Allen County the, yeah. Sheriff's Office that can go anywhere in the county, even in the city. Okay. That was my question was if they can yeah. go into the city itself. Yes. There's times where they pull their guys out and I can give you, for instance, if you want one, but, and then the state Air patrol can come in the city also, but there's times where they don't want them in, inside the city limits either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, and the majority of time it's a political reason why they don't want them inside the city. Um, for instance, uh, I can't tell you exactly how many years ago there was a police related shooting mm-hmm. drug raid, go in the girls hiding in the doorway on a second floor has a child in her arms, the officers going up the stairs, announcing police, police come out, put your hands up, get on the floor, whatever they were announcing. Uh, she was in the doorway popping in and out. It was dark behind her. They couldn't, they saw her pop out. They didn't know what she was doing. Um, the guy, her boyfriend, baby daddy, I can't, don't, I don't remember what he was, was downstairs, sent pit bulls out after the officers. Freak accident. Same time, he let those dogs loose. Officers downstairs shot the dogs because they were attacking him. The officer going up the stairwell thought that the girl was shooting at him. He shot and killed her and injured her child in her arm. Mm. Um, but, I mean, you got... All the public hears is cop shoots... Unarmed woman. Unarmed woman with child. Yes. And it's like, yep, that's not how exactly it went down. I don't... There's always two sides to a story. Yeah. And a lot or of times. Five or six. Or, or. Well, a lot of times, and even in some oh of the recent stuff that's gone on, you won't hear the, the story because no. there's always a political agenda, agenda behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you never get the whole story. You know, that's why I'm not quick to jump to conclusions when they say something about somebody on national TV and it starts up a riot. I don't jump to conclusions because eventually I'm going to hear the whole story that you guys might not hear mm-hmm. because they have a police website for training purposes mm. where we get that stuff off and only officers get it until it comes out in the media. But then you don't know what's in the truth in the media because they cut it to their agenda. Whether it be right or left. Right. Correct. <laughs> so, so, and that's, but, that's, yeah, that's frustrating because <clears throat> nothing, there's very little, anything that's out there right now that is completely unbiased. Everything is either right or left. That's it. Right. There's nothing else. It's like, all right, here's the whole story from all everybody's perspective. Right. Well, and and this was unfortunate situation. The officer was found not guilty by a jury, but 
you know, you get in a newspaper, oh, she was going to go to college the next day. It's funny, how can you go to college when you don't have a high school degree? You don't have um, your GED. Mm-hmm. Um, she had, this girl had several warrants out of another state for drug trafficking, drug possession. I mean, she wasn't innocent by far, but it was an unfortunate circumstance that just happened to click right at the same time. Yep. A series of misfortunate events. And that, and a lot of times that is a lot of what police work is. So we'll take it to a more personal note. What was your, you said, I'm going to keep messing up. It was 92. Yes. What was your first, I guess, I guess the first day, what was that like? Well, I was hired on. Was the first like month kind of boring? Well, first we were, I think it was two weeks before I actually went to the academy. I was on station. We did in-house training before I went to the academy. The academy, they tried to treat you like it was basic training for the, you know, they call it a paramilitary organization. Mm -hmm. Police work, they try to be like the military, but. The hardest one is state higher patrol. I went to Ohio Peace Officer Training Academy. That's why they're all grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, well, it's supposed to be the cream of the crop, and I don't want to offend any of my brothers <laughs> in the gray. I'll tell you, they are damn good with traffic crashes. They are damn good with traffic oh, yeah, enforcement. They do a good job. They're, they're there almost immediately. I mean, they've helped me out a lot. Um, there are certain things that I'm not trained on, or my training hasn't moved on to a different level to where I'm still certified in that. For instance, uh, they call them OVIs, DUIs, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm old school. I used to be able to do it the old school way. Now they have the horizontal gaze and nystagmus. I'm not trained in that, so I can't do OVIs. So if we're too busy, I call them one of my brothers from State Air Patrol, hey, and you know they're going to jump all over that. Mm -hmm. You know, all I got to do is tell them, what the violation was, where it was. Okay, see ya. I'm gonna just make sure you put me on the ticket so I get some court time. <laughs> so, but they're they're very good with traffic enforcement, and they're extremely very um, trained. They're very highly trained with traffic crashes. I'm not. Our department doesn't go. They have eight weeks, I think, with just traffic crashes. I guess what would be the, I guess you just said you don't know, but I guess what would that all include? If it's eight weeks of traffic crashes, like what would that, is uh, it like how to, how to secure the scene, how to. No, there's is more in depth than that. They oh. go into uh, uh crash damage analysis, uh, how deep, you know, they, they get down into okay. what kind of car, what so, the total weight is. They can factor in the speed. They can factor in the crash damage. Lots of geometry. Oh, man. yes, yes, a lot of it. Um, I went to one class one time, and I said, no. I mean, I passed, that, <laughs> I passed the first crash course. After that, I'm like, uh, no, nah, this is a little bit too much for me, you know. And then you talk about if a car goes airborne, the the demit. Mm. Uh, trajectory thank you honey my wife over there susan hello i love you baby <laughs> uh the you know trajectory you know how far they travel in the oh air everything goodness. drag skids i guess i i don't know i oh, guess yeah. i never thought of that because they need to know all that information to know what why is this car in a crumpled mess here yeah well pulls up clipboard well, yeah. they can get down to almost the exact speed that that car was going you know, you say oh. you were doing 35. Uh-huh. It's a 35. Well, they can figure all that up and say, 
you're lying. You were doing 47. You know what I mean? Yep. That's how good that they are. And with all the, I can't remember what they're called. Um, can you help me out here? The, the different formulas, the different formulas that they have. Well, now you can just punch them into a computer, but they still have all that training to where they have to do everything hands-on. Uh, then you've got the triangulation. You know, you got to pick, get fixed objects and measure the fixed objects to get triangulate to where it was. I mean, they get down to little car parts. It might be an oil spot. Um, God forbid it, if it's a fatality, you know, where the blood is, where the body is, how far the body was projected ejected, out, yeah. ejected out of the vehicle. You know, if it was a motorcycle, if they were wearing a helmet, how far the helmet was from where the person was found. Also, if you're driving everything. a motorcycle on the road, wear a helmet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, you're um, dumb if you don't, but yeah, you can look cool, I guess. So I mean, life insurance. that's the difference between the three. Okay. So, and, and with ours, I, my perspective is, is once we're back from the Academy, we're trained a lot better. Our department is very good with training. That's the best thing that they do is they train, train, train. We have the state mandates so many hours a year. We have that in February, uh, two-week block, blocked off. Nobody gets a day off. Nobody gets vacation, nothing. There's two weeks where we have training. And then we have training continuously all through the year. We'll go over um, our use of force policy a couple different times. We'll go over different things that weren't covered in the uh, block of training, you know, so – now, do you guys have any psychological training or, um, I, can't, I can't think of the word I want, de-escalation we had, training? We did when we were in the academy, and we had it. We've had it before. Um, with, I can't remember. I can't tell you what the last thing was as far as nation, national. But once that come out, then all of a sudden, you know, everybody's got to. It's, it's like you don't have stuff. You have stuff initially, but you're not retrained on it. And then when something happens, oh, we got to train more on it. So we have had that. Um, our our department is very good with training. Um, but do you think I, this was something I heard somewhere? But they were like, should there be more training? Even even more? Because I I guess I think I was listening to another podcast um, where a guy was talking about he was in he was a like a seal or very high tier military, and he said for a they would train for 18 months for a six, a six month deployment deployment Mm. because it was that technical. Obviously we can't do that with every single cop in every single city because that would be a lot of time. And I don't think we have that much time or money (laughs) or money. So I guess have you, I guess Lima, I don't know much, anything much about Lima. Do you feel like there's anything else you guys should be training in more so or not? Or no. you, again, you, you said we, you, you do continuous training. You, we are. I'm fairly confident with our training. That's you know, training goes two different ways. Um, training with your department, mandated training through the state. But you also got to be, if you're going to be a cop, you're going to be good at it. You, you want to know what you're doing. You got to do stuff on your own. Yep. For instance, just something small. Draw on your gun. Yeah. That's okay. They, that's something they said to do in uh, in my CCW class. Yeah, like, just practice. Just unload your gun, put everything away, and just draw. Yeah, it. have it under have it under your shirt like you do, and then draw it. Yeah, 
So yeah, that's stand that's, in front of a mirror and watch yourself draw. Get used to it. It's all about repetition. Knowing where everything is on your belt. Mm. You know, I've got two extra magazines. I know where they're at. I know how they work. I know right where they are. It's it's like you can throw them. Up, I can yeah. I can just boom. And then do it. Yeah, pop it. I know where my <laughs> handcuffs are. I know right where they're at. I know where my radio is at. You, you know, I know where my mace is. I know where everything is on my belt. I don't move it. You know, people laugh at me because I don't move it. Well, one's because my belt's too small. <laughs> um, but, but, but all the rest is right where is my comfort zone where I know everything is. Yeah. Plus, if I start moving stuff around, I've got bad shoulders from the job. You know, I can't move my gun back any further. I have to have it a little bit further up in front because I've screwed my shoulder up twice. I've had short surgery once on this one. It's screwed up again. I got to have surgery on this one because it's screwed up from work. And I know where everything is. It's within reach. It's what I can reach. I'm not being in pain. You know, you don't want to be in pain. Ah, reaching back for your gun, <laughs> you know, and you're done. Um, so what you're basically saying is you got to want to do the job. You got to want to do the job. And if you want to be good at it, you've got to go above and beyond yeah. what you're originally trained. Okay. Me being a little bit more. I've been in special there. Three different uh, specialty teams. Okay, I've been on canine. I've been on SWAT twice, and I'm a field was a failed training officer. So I have to know more than what the other guys do, and obviously know more and what to train the young guys, rookies coming in. So the SWAT team was a lot of stuff that I did in the military. You know, big pretty comparison, different settings. Yeah. But, and then I also did, well, I'm sorry, four. I, I did undercover drug work for a while. Okay. Um, I bought drugs myself. I had, I controlled informants. Um, I worked with other officers who had informants and I ran the wire. I did prostitution details. Um, I, you know, I'm old though. Being 51, it's not an old guy's game. I can imagine, no. Um, it's not. I mean, my wife will tell you, um, I give, 150 percent you know my mind says i'm 16 but my body says i'm 80 <laughs> um you know i i played football when i was in high school oh. i love a good tackle guys run on me oh you're going down <laughs> you know i used to be fast i was one of the fastest on our department uh not so much anymore <laughs> if i i hear being 51 or you know getting older for some, I all these people keep telling me James stay young and it's not working. I just keep getting <laughs> older right? and older. You get forty, your body starts going to hell. See, the, th the thing is, <laughs> I've got nine years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I, I I've tried telling people is like, because I, I being twenty three, everybody's like, you shouldn't be feeling any pain any pain at all. I'm like, you're right. I don't, but I still have pain that I didn't have when I was sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> And then when I was 16, I didn't have it when I was 12. You're just like, wait till you hit 40. That's what I hear. I yeah. hear it just gets better and better. Well, and you I've wake learned. up and you're, you sleep wrong and your neck goes, no, that wasn't good. Stop well, you doing know, that. Older is wiser, okay? Older is wiser. So Work harder, not smarter. I, exactly. I've wait. gotten smart now. I don't <laughs> get out and chase the bad guys for a long time. I drive behind them until they get tired. <laughs> and then I get out and tackle them. <laughs> That's the fun part of it. Oh, wait a minute. I got this all wrong. Why am I running after them getting tired and I can't fight them? Well, you know, you drive behind them and let them get tired. And, <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> then you have that perfect linebacker tackle. Oh, you know. 
<laughs> All the guys at the station clapping on the back. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh my! I do goodness. love going on YouTube and watching good police tackles. They they're fun. fun. There's oh, there's some. Uh, I seen one. There was a guy, and and I threw it out to all my other buddies, you know, friends who are cops and who aren't cops. There's this one where this kid was just getting all like this, and this cop comes, he was going after one cop, and another cop comes in out of nowhere, just levels him. <laughs> Boom! I'm like, yes! <laughs> I love it! <laughs> oh. And then, yeah, that's so you. That's so you. I've done it. I've done it. Just level. I've done it. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, yeah. Just it's, level kids. Yeah, we had, I'll give you uh, what happened. What happened one time? We were chasing a car. Car took off one of another officer, so we were in a car pursuit. The other guy is bad guy. First cruiser, me. So the guy gets out in the south end of Lima and ditches the car. Ghost rides it. You guys know what ghost riding yeah. is. So he jumps out of the car. The car keeps going one way. The guys in front of me, it was one of the senior officers and, and a rookie, they stopped their car, you know, obviously put it in park and jump out and start running after the guy. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> so I go around him, <clears throat> and I get in front so of him. So it was like a cop movie where the, the – that's the, yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Continue. It's like a yeah. cop movie because yeah. where one cop stays in the car. He's like, yeah. what are you guys doing? <laughs> so I get in front of him, and lo and behold, this backyard of this, this guy's house – went from solid to mud real fast. So I'm like 10 feet in front of the two and I'm spinning to keep going. And this guy isn't too far oh, in no. front of me, 20 feet in front of me. Uh -oh. Well, <laughs> I ended up getting stuck in the mud, but the two guys <laughs> that were out on foot were covered in mud from my back tires. <laughs> so I jump out and take off and I tackle him. He, he stops and I just boom, just, you know, a good linebacker tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gave up after I hit him. Cause I took the wind out of him and you know, you sound like a dying whale. When you <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, they come walking up and they were, they were mad. I I was, was, they were pissed. They come up behind me and then, you know, star pound, all these words coming out of their mouths. I'm like, what? What happened to you guys? I had no idea that I coated them completely from head to toe in mud. No idea. I got your collar for you, though. You know, you have rest <laughs> He's right there. <laughs> oh, did you drop this? <laughs> yeah, that was a joke for a while. Oh, I bet. Oh, geez. That's hilarious. <laughs> what was your... So, I keep going back because I'm, I'm really interested in the early days. Okay. So, you said 92. 92. You said the first couple months were kind of whatever. First couple weeks were kind of whatever. Yeah. What was your first call, I guess? My very first call after I come out of the academy, when we come back, we had another two weeks of in-house training. Okay. Okay. So my first call when I was with my training officer was a domestic violence. I remember to this day, we went in the house. Don't remember shit. Nothing. I remember nothing of it. I remember the call. I remember the house. No idea what was said. Interesting. We walk out the door and he goes, do you know what this is as far as the crime? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> and he goes, okay, this is domestic. And this is how they break down the domestic, you know? And it's depends upon, you know, if they're married, they live together, they have children together, that stuff. Yeah, lots and he of, told if, me, if yeah. they share a dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he broke it down. And that's how he told me how it was. That was the very first call. Anything after that for the first couple of weeks, it's a blur. 
because you're expected to learn so much so fast and you're just trying to get your head wrapped around everything. You know, you're with, with our department, the first 18 weeks, you're with a training officer, six weeks on each shift, first, second, third shift. Oh gosh. So you're That's rotating be terrible for your body. <laughs> and then after that six weeks, you start over again, but you're, they determine they get with all the training officers from each shift that you were with and the supervisors, and they decide if you're ready to go out on your own. After that, if you, they say yes, you go out on your own. And then you're still rotating for the whole first year, every six weeks. All right, so the first, the, so you, they get with the training officers, see which shift you'd be best on. No, you get actually if you're able to go out on your own. Oh, okay. Okay, you're rotating for the whole first year, every six weeks. And then when it comes to the end of your first year out of the academy, your probation doesn't start till you're out of the academy. So once you're out of the academy, then at the end of your first year, then you, they decide which shift you're going to be on. Oh, God. And they call you it. You don't get to decide. No, you don't. They decide. Um, all depends on how, how many people you come in with. Mm-hmm. Um, like my group that I came in with, we had six. So they're two for each shift. Oh. So they went to the highest two people, which was me and another guy, and said, which shift do you want? Well, there are some issues behind me. We won't go into that, but I got on day shift. So everybody got the shift that they wanted. That's good. So, um, but then I after that. I would assume that, most, most family men want a day shift. Most family men do, yes. But yeah. sometimes you get stuck. The new people more so today when they come on. They get put on second shift. Second shift, I'm, I'm only speaking for our department. Um, it's very young. I think the senior most guy there has 23 years, but then there's a big drop off uh, below 10. So wow. the majority of the young people that come out, that when they get put what out. What is second shift for you guys? Second shift, well, day shift is 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., 3 to 11 is second shift, and 11 to 7 is third shift. Three to that three to eleven is the worst because you're missing everything. Yeah. Luckily enough, all I have soccer games or all the baseball games. Mm-hmm. I luckily enough, I haven't had. I was never put on second shift. Um, I started out. I was uh, 15, 12 years on day shift. Uh, then I took a transfer. I needed to, a transfer. I needed to get away from day shift. I went to third shift, which is eleven p.m. to seven a.m. for fifteen years. And now, just oh, about a gosh. year and four months, I've been back on day shift. Eleven to seven. So, yeah. It's uh, some people love third. Apparently, you liked third shift. I did. Some people really love third shift because you can you can do stuff. Yeah. At least that's the way they see it. Like uh, Aaron, he loves he loves his third. Sh- he's been working third shift for years. But no, that's mainly because the managers aren't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That the upper echelon, and it was. I mean. It's hell in your sleep, mm. especially with being on third shift and being a police officer. Um, you have court in the morning. Mm. So you try to ask the court to, to schedule you early, you know, 8.30, 8, 9 o'clock. Sometimes they'll schedule that, but then they'll schedule a 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh. You know, I got to the point where I was sleeping maybe two to three hours a day. Oh, and gosh. I'd had enough. I, I, too old, too much, got to change again. So uh, that's what happened. Hmm. Get burned out, you know. Especially as a police officer, you want to get as much sleep as you can. Yeah, but you don't, and, and you want to be there with your family. Yeah. You know, I've missed 
how many things with my wife and kids? Two uh, Christmases at least. Uh, more you know, you, well, a lot of Christmases, a lot of Thanksgivings, a lot of Easter's. Um, uh. Our oldest was in traveling teams, football, basketball, and baseball. I missed a lot of those because I couldn't go with them. Um, no, we went to they went to Notre Dame several couple times. A lot of times, go over to Fort Wayne to Spee Center. I missed a lot of stuff, uh, you know. And then trying to schedule two different families functions, you know, holidays around my schedule. I'm like, no, I'll schedule myself around you guys. You set them when you want. And then mm. let me sleep a couple hours. My wife would let me <laughs> sleep and then I'd go, you know, be with them. Go hang out with the in-laws. Yeah. And or go there have been times where I went over to their house to hurt my wife's mom's house and I slept there, ate and slept, yep. you know, Hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, but, uh, it's it's been hard. It is hard. Yeah. And if people think it's it's a job that if for anybody think, or everybody, it's not. If people think I think there's a lot of people who do just go I, a comedian brought this up and I thought it was relatively funny. He said some cops are just it's a job. Yeah. And they just go go to work and then they go home and hang out. We would call them rods. Ooh. <laughs> Retired on duty. Mm. Um, I was never one of those. I still, for the most part, I'm not, but you know, I used to get on the older guys for being rods because they didn't want to do anything. Well, I'm the old guy now. I'm the most senior patrolman on our department. Um, I'm number six in total seniority on our department of, I think 72, um, been there, done that, seen it. Had enough. I get it now why they were rods. Mm. But these young guys who come out who don't want to do anything, how the hell can you be a rod? Yeah. You're not even wet behind the ears. Get out there and do something. No matter what, get out there and do something. You know? You want me to show you how? Ask me. I'll show you how. You know? A lot of people don't like asking. I don't know why no. that's a thing. And I like it. I still like to be involved with stuff. I don't initiate it pretty much anymore. Um, because it's old. You know what I mean? What is the turnover rate for cops? Or at least where you're at? Our department's not bad. Um, it's actually really not bad. Um, our guys stay a lot, uh, a lot longer, a lot more retiring from our department. What, I guess, what is, would you know the the average of guys? Okay. I didn't know. Cause that, that seems a lot of people do just, they'll get one job and they really like it. And so they'll stay there till they retire. I'm of a weird mindset, which Caleb is okay with, I guess. I don't know. I want to, I want to work a job just five to 10 years and then change careers. Well, some people, God forbid somebody gets shot. It's Mm -hmm. been a long time. Wasn't thinking about that. Good Lord. Bring it down. But but it's just the reality check. You You look at our department, as opposed to Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus, Toledo, okay? Um, being in Lima, being a smaller city, a lot of people know a lot of people who know us. Um, and you're not going to run into somebody that doesn't know at least one cop or knows one or two bad people or might know what happened, okay? Um, so unlike you go to a friend of mine works in Columbus, um, when he started, he was put in the ghetto. Drug, 
everything, murders, everything. He loved it. He'd park his car five blocks away and walk in. But he was physically fit. I mean, he used to be a wrestler. Very physically fit. Very smart, very intelligent. And um, he loved it. He loved the thrill of all of that. Uh, now he's, he's one of their um, gang detectives, which goes hand in hand with the drug unit. So he gets to do that, make his own, he goes in his own hours. He has certain hours he's set, but, you know, for the most part, he can work whenever, however long he wants. Uh, I've been there, done that. He's still not burned out. Wow. But he's moved into a different faction other than just straight drug work. He's yeah. working, uh, you know, with, with gang-related activity, you've got a, a, a wide variety of crimes that come into gang activity. Oh, yeah. I you mean, got drugs, prostitution, card theft rings, you know, burglaries robberies uh the whole gamut goes in with is surrounded by your drug organizations or your gang organizations so you know he's wound up in that so he's not just working one area yeah so that's crazy but i i you know i show them i train kids i i've up until the last year i've trained a lot of the kids underneath me and i've had fun doing it but I tell them also, you know, you don't have to be an ass to be a cop. You know, you don't have to be a jerk to everybody. You don't have to issue tickets all the time. You know, I've had several instances where I had to stop people because they start getting stupid with me. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Let's start over again because this is going to an area where neither one of us want. Okay. I don't know you. I don't know if you know me, but let's start this over again and everything will be fine. And people, then people want to talk back. And I guess I've, I've been pulled over a, a small amount of times and it was normally two o'clock in the morning, leaving my girlfriend, my wife at the time. Cause they're looking for an OVI. That's what it is. And I probably was swerving all over the road cause it was two in the morning and I got right. off. And so, but normally I'm just two hands in the wheel wait for them to do the window, ask for my stuff, and then get it to them, and then not talk back, not do anything. But then you see videos online of people talking back. It's like, why? There's no, I don't feel like there's anything to gain unless you do have something bad in your car. Yeah. So I guess that's a factor I didn't think about, but. Well, and a lot of that uh, draws more attention. And, and my mindset, if I go up and approach somebody, you know, if you want to say, what'd you pull me over for? Okay, well, first of all, I need your license. And then I'll tell you what I pulled you over for because I want to know who I'm talking to. So I stop them right there. I'll let you know as soon as I have your driver's license. Let me have your driver's license. Okay. I'm straightforward. Uh, my wife gets on me about it because I'm too straightforward. I don't sugarcoat it. Too blunt. I'm, I'm, yeah, I am. We know a guy who's too blunt. <laughs> I, I'm straightforward. I don't sugarcoat it because what does that do? It only makes it worse. Mm -hmm. And I don't lie. I tell them. Okay, this is what's going to happen. You're getting a ticket for, or you might not get a ticket. I, I repeat their name on, you know, from what our driver's license is your current address. Um, this is what I pulled you over for. Pulled you over for running that stoplight back there. If your license is valid, you don't have any warrants, I'm going to give you a warning. You're going to go on your way. If your license isn't valid, then we're going to have to deal with it from there. Okay. They already know if their license isn't valid. I'm sure you guys know if your license is valid or not. Normally, yeah. I'm sure you guys know if you don't have a warrant or do have a warrant. Normally. Okay. <laughs> but you know if you didn't show up for quarter, didn't pay a fine, and there's a warrant, you, you're going to know something. 
they already know it. So they've already got the jump on me for not knowing what they know. Mm. Within the first few seconds, they already know what they're going to do when I pull somebody over. If they're a law-abiding citizen, you know, valid license, no warrants, you know, I'm not even going to the church-going part because that has nothing to play in it, into it. If their license is valid, they don't have any warrants, they have nothing to worry about. Okay? Then you put in a couple other aspects. Well, they might have a knife in there. They might have drugs in there. They might have a gun in there. They might have a warrant. They might have a dead body in the trunk. You never know what you're going to have. That's why traffic stops are the number two killer of police mm. worldwide. Number one is domestic disputes. So all the situations we go into, we don't know what we're going into. That's why we're always on guard. That's why you kind of come off as an ass sometimes because yeah. you're just trying. Well, to... and I try not to. Yeah. Okay. I try not to. My... You try to come off more authoritative yeah. rather than as a jerk. But some, some people can't tell the difference. I, I think I think some people are so jaded that they see authority or uh, sternness as being a jerk. Yes. And I don't think that's... I think you guys are just trying to come in, especially with a domestic or anything like that. You're just trying to come in, calm down. What's going on? Yeah. And people don't like that for no. some reason. Well, because, <laughs> because they're... Some people just don't like being told what to do. Their freedom is in jeopardy. Is the whole thing. Freedom is in jeopardy. And the second you just start screaming like, and beating your girlfriend, like going I don't into feel a, like you have freedom. It's like no. going into a blind date, but you don't know if they're carrying a weapon or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, for years I didn't carry mine off duty. Um, then I did for a while. And then I'm kind of back and forth now. Sometimes so I do, now sometimes you have I don't. guns on you now? Uh, well, I was attacked by pit bulls five, almost five years ago. Two of them right outside my house. They tore two-thirds of my ear off. I had cool. five surgeries. Um, so I at least have a knife on me at all times. If Sometimes I have my gun, sometimes I don't. Um, they were, I just, know they were just loose dogs? My neighbors, two doors down. Huh. They're the bibbles. sweetest animals. They've never bit anybody before. They haven't bit anybody in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb well, had that the other I've day. I've had that experience. We could go into a whole thing about dogs, but I'm not going to go there. It, 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 it was wrong, okay? Um, Sometimes I carry off duty. Sometimes I don't. Um, I've been involved in stuff right in the middle of stuff off duty, not have my gun armed robbery at my best friend's convenience store, which is two blocks from my house on a Sunday when I'm taking my kids broad, to school, broad daylight, broad daylight, taking my kids to school to see basketball game. Pull in there. My friend comes out. We were just robbed. Okay, let me drop my kids off. I'll be right back. Give me a description so when I'm taking them two blocks to school, I can keep a look out there. Ended up finding them. They ditched the gun. They ditched their mask. They still had the money on them. Shame on them. Follow the exact path. I found them two blocks away. You know, you never know. I've mm -hmm. been involved. Why I would you? I guess, never mind. Sorry. We were involved with a lady out at Walmart one night. We walked in. She knows apparently what's she, going on. Oh, yeah. Well, she got in the middle of it, too, because she had enough. <laughs> she was, I've, I've heard them. I've, I've seen videos. We were five. Karen. Oh, my Lord. We were five rows away from the front entrance, and this lady was just going off, going off, cussing, F-bomb everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I had enough. I turned on my cop mode. 
And I walked away from her <laughs> and she followed me over there. And I didn't have to have as much restraint as what the two, uh, well, the security, not security, the loss prevention officers did. They were like, just waiting for our guys to get there. I'm like, okay, I'm already here. They knew me. They're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I started going off on her. You know, I, initially I was trying to get her calmed down. I'm off duty. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have my body camera on. I, don't care. I tried to get her to calm down. She was just, everything was wrong. You know, she was in the store for three hours. And she kept on making trips out and back and in and out and in and out mm. on one of the little motorized carts. Well, here she was buying stuff, but she was putting the stolen stuff underneath that in the bottom of the cart where they couldn't see it. Yeah. Yep, but we were right. racist. She was a white woman. She had a mixed child. But, and, and the loss prevention officers, one was a white woman and the other one was a black man. And she, we ended up finding out that they, she wanted, they wanted her receipt, so she gave them a receipt. And then she's calling them racist. And again, you had a, a black man loss prevention and a white woman loss prevention. And she's white and her son is mixed. Well, they ended up finding stolen stuff underneath her bags, which she hidden. And <laughs> I told her she needed to stop several times. And then I started getting mad because she wouldn't. She kept on yelling, screaming, and cussing. <laughs> F-bombs all over the place. And I told her, I said, listen... Then I turned on the F-bomb. <laughs> um, and then I got pretty Haiti with her. And then <laughs> it got so bad that it pissed my wife off. And she stepped in. She goes, oh, you must be the cop's wife. She goes, yeah, you better be more afraid of me. <laughs> my wife said that. You know, and, and I didn't really realize it until, you know, until later until she told me. But it was... and. The two uh, loss prevention officers gave her a high five, and I like you. <laughs> you gotta be, you got, you're. The wives, the wives of cops are insane people. To to want to stay with a cop, you're nuts. So bravo to you, <laughs> and bravo to you guys. Okay, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, you know, pause, mm -hmm. pause for station identification. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of things in my 28 years and four months that people shouldn't have to see. Mm. Oh, I can't imagine. I've been in situations where people shouldn't have to be in. But you know what? I try to go back to what my parents raised me and taught me to do do the Christian thing. Okay. We won't go into religion. I don't need to do that. Yep. But treat people as you want to be treated. And I try to 90% of the time. There's always that 10% Something that just... go above and beyond and push your buttons and won't stop. And that's where you see a lot of the nonsense. Yeah. And I try to remind myself that day in and day out. Um, I try not to bring anything home that's that is one thing a lot of guys in all trades or businesses and careers need to really learn is don't bring it home well it's harder than you think especially oh, in police i work. can't i oh. cannot imagine um she's brought things to light what do you call it? slap you in the face with it and i don't know that i'm doing it um even driving you know, there's 
you, I got the cop mentality. I, dr I don't drive. I try not to speed too. You know, I, I try to be more conscious of speed. I'm talking about rolling stops. I'm talking about taking in everything around me because you got to have your head on a swivel to be a cop. You know, you never know who's out there. It's, it's sad that you've got to be paranoid. I don't think I'm paranoid, but I'm aware. I'm aware of my surroundings. And when I get home, I don't want to have to do that. If you don't go home tired, you didn't do your job. <laughs> because you have to be aware of your surroundings. You don't know who's hiding behind a tree. You don't know who's hiding behind a house, in between houses. You don't know what they're doing. You know, are you suspicious of everybody? Yes, but are you? No. One thing that I have that I call my God-given talent is I can read people. Yep. Okay. Um, Some people can't. I find it really interesting. It, I'm, I'm very, there's things that I could tell you about people that you probably would have no, I, there's probably things I could tell you about you guys yourself that you wouldn't even know. But I got this before I was a cop. Uh, I knew it in high school. Uh, there's several things that I'd go back on, but not necessary, but I pointed out, you know, there was a thing with my wife that I pointed out. Um, before they love, we even it. They love it when you do that. Before <laughs> we even dated. Before we even dated. I know, we that's what friends. I'm saying. It's, 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 it's always fascinating when someone tells you something about you that you didn't even know or that nobody else knew and yeah. kept it a secret. That's and, funny. And, you know, and it's... Um, I'll give you a military. When I was over in Germany, we were assigned to patrol the different bases, American bases. So we went to this one base that had the only bar, and it was a rough bar. Mm -hmm. It's um, German name. Everything's rough. I had a, I had a Their few, language no, is but rough. it was only American. It's American oh. base with American bar, but it was a rough bar. It's in Germany. So. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, we were sitting there, and I was with, I had a woman officer, another, you know, woman, uh, military police officer um, with me and she goes well let's just go there's nothing going on here i'm like no we're not leaving i said there's gonna be a fight she goes what are you talking about those two groups right there they're gonna fight we're not leaving well no sooner did i say that they gave us a call to go check out a car at one of our mcdonald's a couple miles away we hadn't even left we weren't even around the corner they called us to go back there because the two groups started fighting. <laughs> he goes, how'd you do that? I, I, I said, I don't know. I could just read their body language. Um, a lot of stuff. I, it it, one year, I had the most recovered stolen vehicles with arrests in, on the oh, Lima wow. Police Department. I had 13 recovered stolen vehicles with 11 arrests. Wow. In one year. And, um, That's pretty neat. I, it's because of instinct. You know, they say you got to have that sixth sense as a cop. Well, I had a little bit more than that. You know, my God-given talent led me to that. And, hmm. you know, it, it was... So, like, why would... I'm not trying to... You're not going to offend me. No, no, not that. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out my words here. Um, so, why did that help you with finding the cars and such? Because you were able to figure out where they were. I listened or... to my sixth sense. Um, one, for instance, one was behind Lyman Senior High School in the parking lot. At the end of the day, it was a burglary. Some people broke into a house. It was an older woman's house who wasn't there. Broke into her house, stole a bunch of stuff, stole her car. 
So I'm driving down a little alley. It's called Town Alley. It ran right beside the old Lima Senior. Something told me to turn and go down that alley. Turn and go down that alley. I look over to my right in the back parking lot of the school, and there's a car with a bunch of people around it, four people inside of it. Hmm. Something told me to go over to that car. So I went around. They didn't see me coming. Pulled right up in front of them. Look at their license plate, and it's a stolen car. Two males in the front, two females in the back. Hmm. It was a sixth sense. Hmm. Something instincts. You go on your, your instincts tells you it told me to go there. Told me to turn down the alley, first of all. Second turn told me to go over to that car. Okay. So I I that's I we were on the reading people. Yeah. And so I that's didn't realize that's part just of the a part sense, of it. The part of the reading and, and the sense, the sixth sense, and you know uh, uh people when I was on still on rotation. Um as a rookie within the first year we were going by one of the known drug areas in lima it used to be called the snake pit synonymous low-income housing uh, mixed it wasn't just all blacks it wasn't just all white it was a whole mix and you know all different nationalities in there it was a pit and it was called the snake pit for a reason a lot of drugs a lot of shootings a lot of car thefts a lot of violent crime in that area we drive them by Early in the morning, I look over and see this guy standing there. So, about noon, we come back around. And I told my training officer, I said, hey, that guy's been hanging out there all day. We went by him. He goes, what? I said, yeah, we went by him this morning. He was hanging out, leaning against the same post. He's still at the same post. He says, okay, well, let's go check and see what he's doing. So we roll up. We know sooner roll up, he gets out and takes off. So we end up with a foot pursuit. Uh, me being a rookie, uh, 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 okay, I got to lock the car, roll up the windows. You know, <laughs> we're not leaving the car cruiser here, right in this bad area. Uh, and he yells back at me, "Stay there, stay with the car." Well, there was actually two of them. One, the guy he just did a deal with, that the training officer saw the hand to hand right as we're coming around. So he went after the guy who was dealing. And I was like, uh, 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 and he's calling out the foot pursuit. As soon as I get the car locked up, I take off the other guy. Well, luckily enough, there was people, other officers that were close. They ended up getting the other guy and him. But the guy ditched his drugs in a store that he ran into, hidden behind some chips. We ended up getting it later on. Hmm. So it's just the instinct of. That of, guy of, looks of, suspicious. What's the issue here? Why, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's for naught. You know what I mean? It, so it's, it, it's a yeah, it's a little bit of not OCD, maybe a little bit of OCD. Something's everything's right with the world except for this right here. Right. Yes. Something's not quite right with that. Yes. Why would you be standing in the Amidst same place chaos, all day? That specifically <laughs> is a wrong. Yeah. Why was that guy standing there all day? It's enough to raise your suspicion, and a lot of police work is suspicion. I only have to have what they call mere suspicion. To stop somebody. Okay? Believe to be that they are doing something wrong, violating a crime. If not, you move on. You yep, sorry for yes. interrupting your day. Have a nice day. You know, uh, people Here's tell a lollipop. Them, yeah, <laughs> you can get them next time. You'll get them next time. I've done that. I've got them the next time. You know, they might not have been doing something stupid right then and there or something illegal. The next time they were. Um, and, 
it's just getting to know your area, know your people, knowing what's going on. Um, I've developed a lot of people who tell me a lot of things all the time. Um, when I was on third shift, we had a young sergeant, brand new, not even a sergeant a year. He was a sergeant of my platoon that I'm in, called me in and says, well, your numbers are down. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, your numbers are down. You're, you're not at the shift average of what traffic stops and tickets and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. Do you want me to play numbers game? He said, I'll play your numbers game. You want me to have numbers? I'll have numbers. I don't play that game. Um, but let's look at this. No, I only have four or five traffic tickets in a month. The average is 25. But how many major crimes have I solved by getting information from the people in the area that I work from? And how many of these other guys who have 25, 30, 40, 50 tickets in one month, how many major crimes are they solving? How much stolen property are they getting? What do you got to say about that, Sergeant? Shut up and get out of here. <laughs> because he knew that I was right. A ticket is not everything to me. Because it's just money for the department. Yeah, well, not even for the department. Yeah, it money. goes into the general fund of the city. That goes to every single department within the city. And it, but it's not, it's not the fact that I don't like to write tickets. I'll write a ticket every day, all day, whatever. It's not my thing. Um, you don't get pleasure from giving no. tickets. You know, if somebody's being you know, stupid, if, if they're going 100 stupid, miles yeah. an hour through town. Yeah. Or not even that. I mean, if they made a mistake, you know, how many times have you daydreamed when you were driving and you were 15, 20 miles over the speed limit or you were in a tired stupor at two o'clock in the morning and you're doing 20 miles going over the speed limit, going home and you didn't, you're just don't even know how you got home. Mm -hmm. It happens. It's happened to me. It's happened the, to everybody. The best yeah. one I did was I was in my work truck and <laughs> down, down the road here, they, the stop signs were so far off the road, they weren't in your immediate sight, and I, I just drove right through it. How many times have you been through that intersection? A lot. Yeah. I always stop. Yeah. <laughs> and But then it just one, and then there's a lady on the sidewalk who went. <laughs> I was like. You're right. <laughs> that's what I did. You're I was right. like, what? Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and, I, and I tell the rookies that. I said, you don't have to give a ticket every time you stop somebody. You don't have to. Maybe within their first year they do because they want to see that they can do the job, do the numbers, do the paperwork. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine and dandy. But after that, you don't have to. You know, I give more verbal warnings and written warnings than I do tickets. Because why, first of all, you're already infringing on stopping somebody, even though they violated the law. Okay. But you're going to take money out of their pocket. You know, if they're headed to work, you're going to make them late, maybe lose their job. Or if they're on their way home, you know, they might have had a long day. You never know. My, my first, my first uh, time I ever got pulled over was because I picked my nose. I swerved over the white line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was another midnight call, but I was, I was leaving my girlfriend's house, and I was, get, I was really getting in there and swerved over the white Two line. Two knuckle deep. And I was, I was he, didn't, he followed me for a little bit, and then he flicked his lights on. He said, you know why I pulled you over? I was like, because I, I was checking my speed. I was like, I, I had just turned on this road, and I had turned off, so I didn't get that fast. So I was like, I no, I don't know why he pulled me over. He's like, you swerved over that white line. I went, oh, 
I was picking my nose. <laughs> he just chuckled and said, <laughs> "I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew what to do." Well, I, we had we were out to eat. It was after I was already off duty, and you know sometimes you got to go to the restroom. It hits you right then and there. Yep. Well, it didn't ha- hit me until we were about halfway home. Cool, and it hit hard. So I was speeding. I was speeding. I was pulled over by a trooper. Or he comes walking we just, up. I just had this conversation with somebody. Continue. So he walks up, and he looks, and he looks, Link, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I've got to go number two. Different expletive. Really bad, and I can't hold it. He goes, you owe me a Dr. Pepper. I said, that's a deal. Get out of here. <laughs> so I went home. <laughs> we were just talking about that. I forget. Why? But we were we were like, what if you get pulled over and you're like about to poop your pants? Like, do you just would, would you just poop your pants while talking to the cop? I was there. I was almost <laughs> there because I I was with a buddy. He was like, I don't even care if I get pulled over. He's like, I have to go so bad. He's like, uh, they can follow me into the Walmart while I run to the bathroom. He's like, I don't care. We were on we were on the highway. Just we were on our way back from Nashville. And he, he it hit him just like that on the way back, and he just was speeding and going. I I will never forget it. When he got off the when he got off the highway, the light was green, and he, he said, "There is a God." <laughs> so I oh. that that answers my question, but not quite, because I don't know. Can you use that? Yeah, well, it, it's all over. Yeah, you can. I'd they can like, still give you a ticket, but I owed him a Dr. Pepper, which yeah. I paid up. So. I think <laughs> I don't know what I would do if I really had to go. I'd be like, "Can you follow me home? I have to crap." You can ask. You can ask them that. Yes. Um, <laughs> give me my ticket when you, I get home. Can you, you follow me to this gas station so I can take a crap? I pulled my cousin over for speeding. He was running lights. Well, he pulled into St. Rita's lot. His daughter was sick and throwing up. That's mm-hmm. different. Everything. Not that it was my cousin. Not that I you know, couldn't have gave him a ticket. You know, there's you got to have point, a heart. At that okay? point, you're kind of being a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> you're you not understanding a, a situation. Yeah. The heart, you got to have common sense. And nowhere does it say that, you, say that you have to write a ticket every time. Some departments might make it mandatory. You pull them over, you're going to write them a ticket. No. I mean, it's, it's officer's discretion. Okay. It depends. Yeah. Well, reliable. <laughs> you know, if he wanted me to prove it, drop trowel and let him know. Hey, exactly. there it is, buddy. But, you know, I've let people go. I had a, we had a friend who's a, who's a bar, works in the barbershop that I go to. I saw her one day just going off on a cop. Just. <laughs> so I found out later on that she had to pee really bad and. He was not going to let her go home. She only lived a couple blocks where he pulled her over from. He was not going to let her. It was a young guy. So, you know, he was not going to let her go. Well, he finally let her go. Well, we played on that, man. I went in with, <laughs> with caution police line tape, wrapped up her, her barber chair, put a warning oh, tag on it. And I just, I ragged on her for a couple of months. Well, you and, have to. Yeah. And then everybody just, they, I went in one night after they closed. The owner was only there. He let me in. I knew he knew what I was going to do. He had a ball with it too. He thought I should have did more, but I did plenty enough. I mean, she had a hell of a time unwrapping her, unwrapping her barber's chair the next morning, but she didn't, 
ticked her off at first and then she started laughing. What would you have done if you would have stopped me and I told you I had to pee? I'm like, oh my God, why are you giving it to me? You already gave it to him. <laughs> She's still angry. <laughs> She's still angry, yeah. I yeah. still would be. So, but I mean, he didn't give her a ticket. I kind of want, I kind of, as bad as it sounds, I want to, What's the? I want to know nitty gritty. Like, what's the worst scene you've walked in, or that you can or want to tell us about? She's so weird. <laughs> I I want to know like the word like you busted on a scene, or you came in and you're like, what's going on? Okay, I've been involved with a lot of shootings, as far as other people being shot, me responding to it. I've been involved in homicide. Probably the worst one that I had ever. Oh shit! Factor. Um, was a house on Wayne. Three cars, three of us cruisers pulled up all the same time. The call was, and it's going to sound stupid, we knew this was a possible drug house. <clears throat> there was moaning coming from inside the house. Well, you're thinking that there's some love making going on, okay? But something clicked on all three of us. We all three pulled up the same time in front of this house. We all three got out. We all three opened up our trunks exactly the same time. Pulled out our gloves, which we don't normally do. We open up the door. Nobody's answering. We hear something inside, but we can't really tell what it is. We kick the door in. As soon as you kick the door in, there's a blood trail. Not a good sign. Right from the front door. Goes around. Looks like it goes into a kitchen, but there's also it's a little hallway going into a kitchen. We found out later there's a stairwell going down there, too. But there's blood everywhere in this room, on the walls, on the couch, on the love seat, in a chair. There's some splatters, a few splatters up on the ceiling. We're like, what the hell? So we're following, all three of us are following this blood trail. We get to this hallway. It's a small hallway, maybe four feet long by about three feet wide. I'm in the middle. I hear something in the basement, but we're going to clear the kitchen first. We see, we look in the kitchen. There's blood all over in the kitchen. I said, there's something downstairs. We got to go down there. So we open up the door, the, the basement door. We hear, uh, uh, uh. Yell down, police, police, come out with your hands up, police. We hear nothing but that groaning. We go down to the bottom of the steps, and it's pretty much a death rattle, is what we call it. Gurgling. Uh, you'll know what I mean if you ever hear it, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, the guy's eyes are glazed over. He's not really moving. He's still a little breathing. Technically, he was dead. It was just his body was in shock and reacted. Um, he'd been beat to a pulp. And got the ambulance there. He was, they said he was clinically dead, brain dead. But his body was still still moving. That was probably the most gruesome scene that I've had, the thing that jumps out the most. I mean, I've I've seen some gory scenes. Um, I've been to people houses where people hung themselves, shot themselves in the head, um, blood splatter, matter, fecal, everything. That the one is the most stands. That's out the, the one most. that stands out the most. Yeah. See, I have I have a weird sick fascination <laughs> with crime scenes and and different things. I I follow there's a, I follow a crime scene cleanup crew. Because that's something I never thought about. Mm. There, there needs to be companies to come and clean up fecal matter, vomit. Like I, something that I learned by following their page was someone, I think, threw up all over a bathroom in a movie theater. 
And according to them, they said, by law, as an employee of that company, you don't have to clean that up. That is technically biohazard, and you don't have to clean that up. So you, you can call a biohazard cleanup crew, and they'll come and clean it up. But they also deal with um, bodies that have been laying in a, in a room for months, mm-hmm. and they, they show all the process of how they do it. They, they pull the carpet, pull the floor, sometimes redo the joists, and then redo the whole floor. And so that's some people are more interested. Some people aren't interested really at all. Caleb, you're not super. In, I don't know. I'm interested in different features uh, than you are. You're interested in like the cleanup and how that's done. I'm more interested in like the method behind um, what you're looking for, what you're seeing when you're out on patrol. I'm more interested in what your mindset is rather than necessarily the scene, if that makes sense. Okay. Because I've always found, I love watching shows where, like we're watching Psych again. I enjoy watching that because I like to see how his brain works and how he notices things inside the room. And uh, the way you're talking, your brain kind of works the same way, where you notice things that are out of the ordinary, out of the same way. And that's what I think is very interesting, how you can work on that and build that up. And sometimes it's just natural instinct. So for me, that's what I find really fascinating about police work in that. Sometimes it's a natural instinct. Sometimes it's a learned, mm-hmm. trained ability. And combination of Repetition. Both. Yeah, repetition of seeing things, knowing things, knowing your area, knowing what's in place, what's out of place, what belongs, what doesn't belong, mm-hmm. who belongs there, who doesn't. Um, and then taking all those factors in, plus other people talking to you and saying, hey, there's something right about this. I noticed this is out of place, you know, and. It's a lot of those factors. And like that's what I said earlier. If when you go home, if you're not tired, it's not a physical tire, it's a mental tire. Because you're always looking around. You're always looking between underneath, around, above, you know, you're looking at everything. How people are acting in a car beside you. Mm. White knuckle, you know? You know? I can tell I how many times have I told my wife driving down the road, they ain't got a license, they ain't got a license. You know, because you can just tell the demeanor of the person, mm. how they're driving. Mm. So, you know, you're sitting in a car, you drive by a car and people slide down or they look away and don't, or cover their face. I mean, come on. How and, much more obvious can you be? Yeah. I mean, they say, well, how did you know that? On my instincts. On did my you training. see that guy cringe? Yeah. You know, and, and I've gotten that from attorneys sitting on stands. I don't go to, to trial a lot. Um, because one, I don't, garbage in, garbage out. You've heard that term before. I don't take garbage into the court. If it's something that I'm not strong with, I'm not going to take it in. I'll call the prosecutor, see what they think. They'll tell me. I'm honest about it. I don't lie on the stand. My reputation is everything to me. I don't lie on the stand. And most of the regular attorneys that I deal with in courts know that. If Mark got you, you're got. Okay. I talked about the black. Every now everything's black and white. It's not. There's a gray area. I don't play in the gray area. I don't stay in the gray area. I like the black and white, but there's times in police work there, you're going to have to deal with the gray area. That in between, that's just, it's right there on that borderline. You know, you're going to cross. It's just like crossing over, crossing back. Um, it happens. You make the best of it, but you live on 
your training. You lived on your experience. And I've got a lot of experience in 28 years and four months. And that's what I rely on. And I've put myself into it that I have done a lot of things. I've done the drug work, you know. I've done the canine. I've done the SWAT. I've done the, the FTO. You know what I mean? I, I've got a lot of experience, and I rely heavily on that experience. And the attorneys, prosecutor, and defense know that. Very few times have I gone to trial. Had a trial of a DUI one year on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, the guy had been arrested before that. Okay. Just happened to go to trial on that specific day. Oh, okay. okay. It was during the week. So they're picking the jury. Go in. We have the trial. Found out later on that evening. I stayed as long as I could. And I was dead tired. I had, I had enough. I, it was like 6 o'clock in the evening. I was ready to go to bed. So been up all night from work. Had to work that night. So I went to bed. I got a oh, call. From, I had got a call from the prosecutor. Said we had lost the trial. I'm like, okay, why? Why did we lose the trial? He said, well, the jury figured he was drunk, but not that drunk. <laughs> I don't think that works. I'm like, you're, okay. When you're driving. Out of the six jurors that we had, four of them had, had OVIs. Mm. Two of them were professors from one of the colleges close to Lima. Um, they couldn't convince the other four that, come on, really? They saw it. Well, the jury foreman, four woman, had when they re, uh, receded back into the jury room, she had come out and said they wanted to know what they wanted for supper. She goes, "Can we have pizza and beer? Seeing as how you're keeping us from St. Patrick's Day events." The prosecutor said, "I knew I lost it then." Yep. So I, I, you win some, you lose some. You know, this guy knew my family. I didn't know him from Adam, uh, but yeah. it didn't matter. You know what I mean? I was just trying to do my job. I thought he was drunk enough. I arrested him. If I don't think that I have enough on a person, I ain't going to do that. I'll throw him in my car, take him home. I can get in trouble for that. I can throw him in the drunk tank. You know, let him sober up four to six hours and send him home. It all depends on a lot of things. You know, what's going on? How busy are you guys? You know, how long are you going to be tied up? You're going to tie other officers up. You know, sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. But, like, then again, I don't want to arrest people, but at times you have to. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I'm not a saint. <laughs> okay? I've done stupid stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? Speeding, you know. What? The cops don't stick to the laws perfectly? Yeah. A, a lot of cops, cops don't. What? Uh, you, but, mean, you mean I have 100% witnessed a cop flicking on his lights to go through red light and then turning him back off? There's a reason for that, though. Ooh, what's the reason it's for that? It's not a donut run, either. Oh. <laughs> and the Tim Hortons was pretty close. Sometimes you're not cleared for code, but sometimes you have to get there. Okay. Okay. Wait, what? A code run is lights and sirens. Yep. Sometimes the call doesn't warrant you to go lights and siren, which okay. is a code yeah, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it warrants you to get there faster than normal. Okay. Okay. Have I done it? Yes. Have I blown lights? Yes. Um, have I sped? Yes. But 
So, so sometimes there is a it reason. Has, for it. There okay. is a reason for it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better now. Yes. <laughs> we had one of our friends, one of my friends at work. We were going somewhere last night, and we were right down at the end of our street. And he blew. He turned on his lights to get around because there's traffic in front of him. He pulled up right beside us. I said, "Y'all good?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm good." Accident? He goes, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay," because we've seen people standing out there. Here he was pulling into an accident, but there's a lot of traffic at that intersection. So he had to get through to get to the accident. You know, people always say, a lot of times they'll say, oh, no, people who call in third person, not involved in the incident, will say sometimes that there's no injury. Yeah. We don't know that till we get there mm-hmm. on an no. accident. And you, majority of the time, yeah. there's going to be some type of minor injury. Because what happens in a crash? You got two heavy-ass vehicles hitting each other at a certain amount of speed, whether you're stopped or and one's moving or both moving. Something's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Whether you be twerked the wrong way, that click off. Yeah. No way. Yeah. We're just going to keep rolling. Twerk, twerked the wrong way. It's not going to be a natural motion. No. So you're Your going to be injured and you're not going to know right then and there because you have the adrenaline rush. It might not be till later on, five, 10 minutes, hour, two hours, a day. So you're, oh man, my neck really hurts. Mm. You know, whiplash or your back hurts or your shoulder hurts from twerking it. Or, you know, you get the road rash from your seatbelt across your chest. Mm-hmm. That hurts. And so, and then the, the cop needs to be there and, yeah. and document it. Yeah. So it's on the record. And so it's not just completely out of, no, right. out of nowhere. So you never know what you got till you get there, you know? So, and then you get another cop on the radio who's been sent to a call, one person call. Yep. And they don't know what they got till they get there. You know, they might say it might be a vandalism. Somebody's mm. car window shot out or broke out, whatever. Okay. They get there. The person's not there when they call in. The officer shows up and then the person's there. Now you need to have at least two cops there. Because if you only have one, they're going to take advantage of the situation or take advantage of the yep. officer. Mm. Um, I need another unit here. And it all comes down to listening to the voice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they're like, yeah, can you send me another unit? That's pretty nonchalant, isn't it? Whereas, um, I need another unit now. <laughs> you know, the huh. oh shit factor kicks in, and <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what they call it—the oh shit factor. You, that's a, you, yeah. You could tell. I think that's there's there's no shit factor to almost every job. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what you listen for. Yeah, you know, I can tell when an officer's in their car or out of their car. They're talking on their their in car radio or on their portable radio. Yep. If the they're hyped up or not you know you you know it depends you guys on how fast you need to go exactly right and and sometimes the situation warrants busting that light but you bust that light you get in a wreck you're at fault yeah there was there was a picture i've i'm sure you've probably seen it two cop cars that get that hit each other at a red light and they said well nobody's at fault here <laughs> one one cop car t-bone the other one i don't know that's just no Did you want to hear something funny though what's that most people and i want to and i i'm not trying to target but a lot of older people do not hear siren mm. they hear a horn i could have my siren and lights on in the middle of the night oh dark 30 you can't see anything you know, everybody else can see me coming for 20 miles away. But this person can't. 
So you blow the horn and they're like, what, what, what? <laughs> it, it, it's happened. It's, it happens. You know, I can understand during the daytime, you know, you can't see the, 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 the overhead lights. Necessary. Yeah, because oh of the goodness. sun. But, you know, that's, that's it, yeah, it is what it is. <sighs> you blow the yeah. horn and everybody hears the horn. Everybody knows what the horn sounds oh like. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's, there's one thing I want to say that don't judge every officer because of, somebody else's action yep mm. that's going around a lot i've had more people come up to me and thank me in the last six months than i ever have i've had people buy me lunch uh people bought us lunch recently last week you know ten dollar lunch we split a lunch it wasn't no big deal but you know say thank you um i don't want anything i don't want people to do that i feel embarrassed by it i don't like it I tell them, no, please, no, no. And they insist and they throw the money in the cashier's <laughs> face. And, you know, but I, you know, I, I don't like doing that. I just, I don't. Well, as civilians, we do appreciate it. I, well, thank you. We, nobody wants to do that. We, we want to, he wants to see his kids when he goes home. He wants to go to whatever. I don't know. They're not in any, game, in any sports yet. No, not yet. But I, I don't want to. Be out like I when I'm out on a call and I'm out at you know six o'clock at night and I'm like I want I just want to go home yeah. I don't want to be out here anymore, and and you guys are going that's your job is to be out there I mean that's huge I so, don't want to do paperwork <laughs> <laughs> I, no, know, nobody wants to do paperwork sometimes I have to make an arrest what does that mean I got to do damn paperwork <laughs> I don't want to do paperwork that's probably why I don't write a lot of tickets because I don't want to do the paperwork. <laughs> Guys in the back, you see what you're making me do? <laughs> oh my god. You're gonna get everything. <laughs> We're gonna throw the whole book at you. I just had I what? Did you just spit I on the sidewalk? Just... You need to take it for that too. <laughs> I was jaywalking. <laughs> Um, Mark, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. It's uh, it's pretty late. You got to get up early. I got to get up early. He's got to get up early. She's probably got to get up early. Um, it was a pleasture having you. Yes, thank, thank you. you for coming Thanks out. So we had a great time. Uh, you already offered to maybe do a second one, so yeah. we'll we'll schedule that out sometime. Yep. We this no was problem. phenomenal. We've covered your backstory, so now if, uh, it's story time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on, on part two is just going to be story after story, and so shit. I got to pull some reports then. <laughs> if you can. If you if you want to bring show and tell of I don't know something, I can try. It's it's kind of, um, yeah. Then we can talk about like your your canine time and yeah. like we what you got it. from that, what dogs you used and stuff like that. Definitely into you know the FBI or not the FBI, SWAT. but the SWAT side of it, and then definitely into the no, the, no, the what? None. The what? You guys got to remind you're me not of on this. camera. That's fine. I am right. I am right there. Because my memory is right not that long, so you're gonna have to remind me of you know show and tell. Because, oh yeah, that's, I mean I can bring notice, some things. Notice I texted you today and right. said, "Hey, we still good?" Yeah, I can't bring any like bombs and shit, but yeah. I can maybe bring some other things. Damn I can it. show. We you. We wanted to see some C4. Where... Dang it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thanks so much, Mark, uh, for joining us. Yep. Uh, do you have any shout outs? You have the next five seconds to shout something out to my wife Susan and my kids. I love you all. There we go. Well, there you go. So thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what's going on and to see, <laughs> to see, to see, when, <laughs> see when Mark's coming back. Uh, if you, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Yep. I'm talking entirely too fast. I know. People- and subscribe to us on YouTube, please. Yeah. I do talk incredibly fast. He this does. is the part I've said over 
This is the disclaimer. This is this is the the yeah. list. Okay, I got you. the really long list, which <laughs> yeah. I've said over almost sixty times. Oh, probably more now. Minimum. Anyways, yeah. So if if we don't have a green screen currently, we normally have a green screen. So if you have any green screen background suggestions, let us know. <laughs> oh, we could do a camera. Like I could bring pictures. And talk about no, that'd be terrible. <laughs> but uh, so thanks so much for joining us, and have a wonderful morning, noon, or night. See ya. Amen. Amen.